Promise Part <laughs> 2, and we make good on promises here at the People Chronicles. It is Backstage Pass Part 2 with Cullen and Company. The two brothers are here, Matthew and David. Thank you both for being here. Oh, thank you. We really, we really went backstage in Part 1, so if you missed it, go back and listen to Part 1, uh, because you shared some, some history of how you became Matthew and David Cullen and, and those musical roots that were planted at home. And that's a fascinating story and I think it's good for all parents to hear because it's amazing the little things that you do that can really blossom into these beautiful flowers and that's what I have right here. So you've planted, planted a garden, if you will, and Cullen and Company will take the stage at the Inn at Reading this year. Last year it was at the Crown Plaza and now you're going to the Inn at Reading. Last year it was Jazz is Dead and this year it's, a, it's a, a blues soup, if you yeah. will. Is that a fair? I would say so, yeah. It is. But we didn't get to get those five questions because when we go backstage, everybody's answering the same five questions. So, and I think this is appropriate because we're talking about Jazz Fest and yet we talked about the Grateful Dead and now we're talking about the blues. So jazz, when you just say the word, I think it really conjures up an image for people. And it's often a very different image. So I'm going to ask you first, what does jazz mean to you? It's a way for us to perform and improvise and pay homage to an American style of music. Beautiful. And when somebody says jazz music to you, because you play lots of different genres, what do you think of? I think of a, of a feeling of just... <clears throat> being able to take a form and play over it, kind of uh, use it as a, a vehicle to, to, to play melodies and rhythms that have not been played that way before. Is it often original when you talk about these melodies and rhythms? Well... I mean, are you making it up as you go? You're playing to a set, <coughs> set of chords. Right. And you may play a, a set melody in the beginning, yes. But then after that, you're able to take that and just make a I'll make like a variation on yeah. all that, just depending on how you hear it, how you feel it. So it goes somewhere else. Depends who you're yeah. playing with, because yeah. it's going to sound different with different. It's always different. It's always it never can be the same. Always different. Yeah, it's never going to be the same. That's the, what's great about jazz. Yeah. Okay, how has jazz impacted your life? Well, for me, it was something that I enjoyed growing up. My dad took me to some of my very first concerts to see jazz bands that he liked. And um, local was the Pretzel oh, yeah. City Dixieland jazz band yeah, and, 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 the and, band, and the New Orleans bands and he took me to the cool jazz festival down at the Academy of Music in Philadelphia when I was very young so I do remember that and uh, that inspired me got to play some jazz in high school and some jazz in college and always had a jazzy feel with uh, being a fan of Steely Dan so it's inspired me musically but it also was something that I got heavily involved in with production when I started volunteering for the Burks Jazz Fest and doing all the production. And now I feel part of the jazz family and the production crew. It's crazy, that's how I first met you. Yes. And I never knew you even played right. the drums. And it's like, wow, wait a minute, wait a minute. He went from there to here and it was like, that. there was a, a best kept secret. Yes. So I'm glad you let that one out of the bag. 
for all of us to enjoy. How about you? How has jazz music impacted your life? Oh, goodness. It's, I, it's allowed me to form relationships with other great musicians. I'd say that. It was probably the, the biggest impact. Because when you play jazz with somebody else, you are forming a relationship with that person. So oh, that's an interesting description. That's, yeah. So I'd say from a totally personal way. I'm not so, ooh, how can I say this? My audience, I'm not really thinking about my audience. <laughs> I'm thinking about who am I playing with right now on this yeah. stage? What is my relationship with that person? What is my musical relationship? How can we take that? That uh, makes sense because the musicians, you know, when you, especially when you wander off, you're kind of talking to each other musically. Oh, it's a it's conversation. It's very personal. You, it does, I never thought you want to play with people you like, that you trust, who get you, you get them. Yeah. It's very, uh, it's very it, has to, it has to be just right. So it's about building relationships. It really is, yeah. How about mentors? Who are your jazz mentors or mentors in general? Well, in, in jazz music, for me, performing, uh, I took lessons from Martin Bradfield, who still plays yeah. today, and uh, he really gave me a lot to work on and was an absolute drum mentor to many, many drummers in this region. And, and he's, he's known nationally for his method books. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we were fortunate to have him as a drum instructor at two local music stores in the area when we were growing up. Zeswick's. Was that one Fred's one? Music. Oh, Fred's, Fred's music. music. Okay, and okay. The early one downtown. And in West Reading. Yeah. Oh, at way early. RJ's Music. A&R Music. A &R. Strolling down memory lane. Horse Music there. Store yes. on Penn Avenue. Oh, so what back. a fabulous drum teacher he was. And uh, in terms of learning the festival management and festival production, uh, Gary Spencer and John mm. Nesta have been great yeah. mentors of mine. That makes sense. They are. They, me as well. How about um, jazz mentors for you? Oh, it's kind of hard. Yeah. I mean, I have, in terms of just musicality and playing, a guy named Ralph Towner plays classical guitar and jazz together. So he was kind of my mentor from way back. Um, another mentor would be a guitarist named Wayne Krantz. New York guitarist who played with Steely Dan and all other kinds of people, but he was the mentor as far as like practicing, just practicing and improvising and working at it and just always working at the craft. Yeah. You bring up practicing, so as, as an audience member we watch and you, you make it look so easy, but you're reaffirming there's a lot of hours that goes into that. Oh, yeah. Making it look easy. Yeah, just keeping all the the concepts, the whole, the, the, the rhythm, just the, the, the reflexes, just keeping it all together. Chick Corea gave me lessons in practicing, and he talked about, you know, he, he told oh. me that sometimes he sits down and he'll play the same two measures for half an hour, just till he has those two measures before he even goes on. Yeah. And I was like, wow, really, you do that? <laughs> So yeah. that, that is important. I'm glad that you talked about that. Yeah. How about, um, your, this is a tough one, because we all live a legacy, but you don't necessarily think about it. So what would you say your jazz legacy is? Well, for me, I think it'll be uh, the volunteer time that I've done
for the Berks Arts Council and the music and uh, the students that I've gotten to teach over the years. And I just hope that uh, we can continue this jazz music and the jazz festival and the blues festival and this great musical environment that we have in Berks County for kids to go through with the Reading Musical Foundation. But for me, it, it would be my volunteer service to the jazz festival. It's perfect. It's a good legacy. It's happening. How about you, Dave? For me, I guess it's um, the students who I've taught, like down at Westchester, mm -hmm. maybe out at Millersville. At first, they might, they might not really take in what I'm talking about. The concepts may just seem like, oh, that's too much work. But I get these nice emails every now and then, five years later, oh. 10 years later. Hey, I'm playing this, this, or I, I just put out this recording, or I just played this gig. And thanks again for all for working with me. So that is very cool. It's nice to get those emails five, ten years later. A lot of times we don't hear it, so that's yeah. quite a gift. So that that's yeah. a legacy that's nice. It's just it's here and there it happens. I wouldn't say it's huge, but right, it's, right. But it's it's small. They know that um, they put their time in, and now it's starting to pay off. Yeah. And that's reaffirming what you are doing. Right. And that is a legacy. Right. Perfect. So. And this next one, last one, question, I think it's kind of a tough one. So I don't want to say your favorite moment from Boscov's Burks Jazz Fest, but a highlight. One that you go, yeah, I remember. And, and it's a really fond memory from Boscov's Burks Jazz Fest. Can you pick one out and share it? I was fortunate to get to play with some really great musicians and work stage production with some wonderful musicians. And uh, one of my highlights was getting to work with Chuck Loeb last year at, uh, before oh, he passed yeah. away. And he came in by himself, drove himself down from New York City. And uh, I went out, because it's load-in time, and I'm stage manager, and I want to make sure everybody's doing well and getting in the venue. And I picked up his guitar and his equipment. And he said, you know, I'm just not doing so well. But he didn't go into a lot of details. And he asked if I could be his guitar tech tonight while I was doing some stage managing. And uh, I usually drum tech, and I do backline, and I set up equipment. But I got to handle Chuck's guitars and set up his rig. And uh, it was a highlight of my night to give him a hug and shake his hand. And that was the last time I did get to see yeah. him. Wow. That's quite a memory. Yeah. That's very poignant. I'm going to stay with, with, with the Chuck Loeb. Yeah. Also, yeah. so I was playing at the Peanut Bar with a little trio, with an organ trio, for just an earlier event during the week. Okay. And Chuck was in there with John Ernesto having dinner, talking about like the shows and what was going to happen. So Chuck Loeb comes up to me and he says, "Hey man, I'll tell you what, you sound great." He says, "Hey, what are you doing tomorrow night?" And I said, "Nothing." He said, well, we need another guitarist for the All-Star Jam. Oh, so can you come play the All-Star Jam with us? Wow. So I got to play that All-Star Jam with, you know, great drummer Keith Carlock, you know, Bikiti Kamalo, Gerald Veasley, you know, Eric Marienthal, all the guys. Wow. And he was nice enough to include me and say, come on, I'll go play. I can't believe that you're sharing that memory because earlier today I was thinking about this conversation that we would have and wondering, I wonder if Dave ever did the All-Star Jam and now you're telling me, yeah, you did and had a personal invitation from Chuck. Yeah. 
So there's a big tribute concert to him. Yes. For the jazz fest, and that'll be here at the Double Tree. Yeah. So great stories. I really, really appreciate your time very, very much, and thanks for sharing. Thank you. Thanks and with so us, much. Yes. Here on the, that's another Boscov's uh, Berks Jazz Fest backstage pass. Thanks to the Berks Arts Council. Yeah.